Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 or 14 minutes usually, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that helps us stay strong in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. It also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God. It also helps keep us focused on our soul's salvation or lack thereof, and it helps keep us with a better focus on life to be able to deal with all that life throws at us every day. Share these short studies with everybody you can in your life. Help them grow in their faith. Help them come closer to God. Help them get to heaven by sharing through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. Make that commitment today. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study. We're talking about Christ's truth. We're talking about a foundational truth or body of truth that helps keep us focused, sustained, stable, and assured in the face of crisis. All of us face some kind of crisis in life. Possibly almost all of us face more than one crisis while we live our lives upon this earth. And crises come from all kinds of different directions. It can be financial, it can be emotional, it can be psychological, it can be mental, it can be relational, it can be financial, it can be through injury, through health problems, the list goes on and on. But we face some really all of a sudden unexpected situations that just kind of knock us down. But do we stay down or do we get back up and deal with it in a, in a positive, productive way? There's that foundation of truth that we need to enable us to be able to do that, to get back up and deal with it in a positive, productive, and expectant way. And we're talking about how God the knowledge of God and his word being the basis of that knowledge sees us through. We keep saying here in today's Bible class, faith comes not magically. It's not floating around in the air and sometimes it lands on some people and not on others. It's not something like, you know, we experience in physical illness it is, you know, a bacterial infection or a viral infection, and all of a sudden, faith kind of hits us, and woo, it goes all through our body. Now we got faith. No, faith is logical. <clears throat> faith is reasonable. The Bible defines faith in Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So it's not a blind leap in the dark. It's not a wild, unrealistic, wishful dream or thinking. It is based upon substance and evidence. The evidence is presented to us through God's word and also through our careful observation of what God's word teaches us just by looking around us in this world and in the universe. God's word is the basis of our faith. Now, God's word then is that foundational truth that will see us through any crisis if we're proper students of God's word, if we have that deep and abiding faith. 
Faith is that substance. It is that, that hope. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Now, we talked about Job and all that he went through and how in the face of all of that, and it was probably not a single one of us have experienced anything to the extent of what Job experienced in his physical and emotional and family life. And so much of it hit him almost all at once. And yet he never, never lost his faith in God, never doubted that God was there. He always trusted God to ultimately see him through. And in the end, God blessed him more than he had blessed him in the beginning. Let's look at another Bible character who exhibited that kind of faith. Noah. Noah. When we read 1 Peter chapter, 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 20, notice what Peter writes about Noah. Who formerly were disobedient when once the divine, uh, the divine long-suffering or patience of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. We talk about how horrible things are in, in the world right now from, in, in many respects. And, and it does seem like the world is going crazy. But I wonder if it's any worse than it has been in other periods of history in the past. The world has been crazy a number of times. <laughs> we simply are experiencing it right now. But you talk about crazy, you talk about violent, you talk about wicked, you talk about evil. Noah lived in that exact kind of reality. That's the way the world was in the days of Noah. You say, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? How could it have been any worse than it is right now? Well, it was much worse, I believe we're to understand. Verse 5 of Genesis chapter 6 says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, we're not talking about one man. We're not talking about maybe one nation. We're not talking about one group of folks who have formed a big gang and they're going around doing bad things to all kinds of people. He's ta we're talking about in verse 5 of Genesis chapter 6, this was the reality of mankind everywhere, everybody. Now, to the point that the next verse says the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. And then we read a little bit further in verse 11, the earth was also corrupt before God. And we're not talking about corrupt environment. We're not talking about corrupt through, you know, neglect of, you know, the, the, you know, the land or whatever. We're talking about mankind was corrupt. The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. Now, that's, that was the reality of mankind, of the world, in Noah's day. Well, what does Noah do? Noah, however, the text tells us, was found righteous. 
in the eyes of God. He lived faithfully. He lived a righteous life, a godly life. And so we know the story, don't we? And it's not a myth. It is reality. It is true, absolutely true. God instructed Noah, gave him dimensions, gave him architectural instructions as to how to build an ark to prepare for the flood that God would bring upon the earth to destroy to destroy physical life and thereby cleanse the earth of all the corruption that mankind had brought upon it. So, to understand God's patience, what did Peter say again? The divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah. God's patience. How long did, did it take Noah and his sons to build that ark after God told him to build that ark and told him how to do it? what to use, and so forth, over a hundred years. That was the divine patience. That was God's long-suffering, giving mankind still some more time, over a hundred years, to come to their senses and repent and turn to him. But they did not. They did not. And so Noah and his family, that was how God saved humanity, that one family of righteous folks, an astounding amount of sin, far beyond what we see around us today. Every moment, Noah was surrounded by people, if he'd venture out of his own home and his own family, he was surrounded by people who were wicked, who were evil were always committing evil things, evil acts, millions of curses, swears, profanity, filthy jesting, and hatred, and violence. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29, Ephesians 4 and verse 29, we read, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for and necessary uh, for necessary edification, that it may be impart grace to the hearers. Noah didn't hear any of that from everybody else outside of his family. He could see wickedness all around him. He could hear reports of so and so being murdered, so and so being robbed. It, it was the way of mankind at that time, and it was everybody except Noah and his family. A disgusting degree of depravity. God's all-seeing eye, Hebrews 4 and verse 13, witnesses horrible sins that we would turn our faces from. Think about what we read about, what we hear on the news. Assault, rape, robbery, child abuse, torture, injustice, and the list goes on and on. Horrible acts committed by evil people. How many disgusting sex acts take place every day in any large city or small city for that matter? How many murders does God see in a week? How many? And how many spoken words statements, phrases, using God's name in vulgar, cursing ways. 
and the impenitent attitude of sinners. Confronted by their unrighteousness, their wickedness, they don't want to hear it. They just want to go on doing what they want to do and enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin for a season, as the Hebrews writer puts it. Now, some sin is through ignorance, but a great deal of sin is willful, and the knowledge that it is sin, that it is wicked, that it is ungodly, is already there in the mind of the one who commits it before he ever does so. And in doing so, that's showing disrespect for God. God has the power to punish sin, yet again he patiently waits for people to come to repentance. Second Peter 3 and verse 9, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the next verse says the day of the Lord will come. The day when he sends his son back to this earth to call all mankind to judgment. That's going to happen. What about you? Are you living by that foundation of truth found in God's word to see you through this time, whatever you're experiencing in your life, and guiding you to be ready for that day when the Lord comes again? Christ's truth. Who knows what's going to happen in our country in just a few years ahead? Everything could be turned upside down. But if we are living by, if we are anchored in the truth of God's word, the faith of, of God in God, then God will see us through. Let's pray. Father in heaven, please see us through our crises in life, our difficulties, our challenges, the tests that life throws at us. Help us to always lean upon you and to be assured that you're there and that you'll see us through. Thank you for your word, Father. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.